Sunday Middle Church. I am Reverend Natalie. We are so glad that you've chosen to worship with us. Thank you for coming. Let's get right into worship. But before we do, we'll take a deep centering breath together. Come, let us worship God. Great is your faithfulness, O God, Creator. With you no shadow of turning we see. You do not change your compassions, they fail not. All beautiful, beautiful hymn. Great is your faithfulness indeed. My name is uh, Reverend Benjamin Perry. I use he and they pronouns. Uh, if you don't, if I haven't met you before, I'm one of the ministers here at Middle. 
And it's my absolute delight and pleasure to tell you about some of the things that are happening uh, in the, over the course of this month in the life of our church. We have an incredible month of public education and worship and art, uh, all moving us closer to the justice that God dreams of. So first, this week, the middle players are presenting Steps, a new musical written uh, by Harold Slazer and Charles Reeves. It's gonna be fabulous. It's gonna be uh, in person at the LGBTQ Center in New York, Friday and Saturday, 7 p.m. It's gonna be a fabulous time. Please go and uh, celebrate our, our fabulous middle players and the beauty that they're producing. Uh, then we're moving, I know, shockingly, straight into Holy Week very, very soon. So next Sunday is Palm Sunday. We're going to have a, a beautiful watch party for uh, Middle's fabulous rendition of Jesus Christ Superstar that's going to be hosted by Reverend Dr. Jackie Lewis with some beautiful new additions. Uh, so that's going to be online uh, next Sunday, normal time. But then that actually moves us right into Holy Week as we lead towards Easter, where we are going to be in our new worship space at East End Temple for two different services at 10 a.m., and 11.45 uh, a.m. on Easter. That 11.45 service is going to be live streamed like usual, but we're gonna have the incredible opportunity for folks who are in New York to come together and worship in a space. Uh, I haven't been to an in-person Easter worship in three years, and I am so, so excited to see you uh, if you're able to join us there in person um, or to celebrate with you if you join us online. But it's gonna be a fabulous morning. Look out for uh, an email this Thursday that's going to have all sorts of more information about the rest of Holy Week, but know that that's coming on the horizon. And then the week afterwards, we have this fabulous uh, convening called Fierce Love in a Hybrid World. Um, this is going to be a two-day intensive uh, session all focused on how can we build multi-ethnic communities committed to God's anti-racist future, and, and how do we build them in this new hybrid age where all of us need to be doing work, work both in person and online. So we're gonna take all the skills that we've built here at Middle to offer that as a gift to the nation. We have some incredible folks lined up. There's gonna be a keynote uh, between uh, Reverend Dr. Jackie Lewis and Bree Newsom Bass, the activist who climbed up and took down the Confederate flag in South Carolina. Uh, there's, uh, we have Pulitzer Prize winning playwright, uh, Michael, uh, our Johnson, uh, Michael R. Jackson, sorry. We have Kevin Garcia and uh, Kelly Brown Douglas and just an incredible, incredible slate of folks who are going to bring brilliance and wisdom and enrich your life. So if you go to middlechurch.org slash hybrid, you can learn all more about the, the schedule for the convening and get your tickets. But it's going to be an absolutely fabulous experience. And we really, really hope that you join us for that. And now with that, would you join me in taking a breath? as we move towards a time of prayer. Feel yourself grounded. Breathe in. And breathe out. And know that these prayers we offer, we offer in community. God, we come to you this morning, delighting in the victory by Amazon workers in New York who have created a union. And we delight not just because of the victory in that workplace, but because it reminds us of the love and solidarity that you wish for all of us. So this morning, may your spirit likewise course through our midst. May it knit us closer together 
May it remind us of that compassion, that union, that justice that brings peace that you call for. Lord, this is the spirit we need throughout this world and all of the broken places. In the shattered streets of Ukraine, in the shattered streets of our own cities, where there is violence, so peace and make us instruments of that love. Imbue us with your fierce love that reminds us that we are never just our own, that salvation is always not something we win individually, but something that we share with our neighbor. Remind us of the one who knew and lived and breathed that message in all of his ministry, and who himself taught us to pray in whatever words and language you learned it in, or in an inclusive version with myself. Our creator, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the reign and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Middle know that the good news of the gospel is the suffering that too often surrounds us is not and never will be the final word. Instead, we were made for love and peace. And so now share a token of that peace with all of us worshiping around you. Peace be with you, Middle, radiantly and abundantly. No matter what, I'm gonna keep on Keep on praising the Lord No matter what, I'm gonna keep on Keep on praising the Lord No matter what, I'm gonna keep on Keep on praising the Lord I'm gonna praise Him till I make it home
Thank you, Amazing Middle Community, for that beautiful worship so far today. Hi, if I don't know you, I'm Jackie Lewis, and my pronouns are she, her, hers, and I'm the senior minister here at Middle Church, and I can't wait to meet you. I am coming to you live today from the fabulous W Hotel in Philadelphia, where I have had the great honor of marrying two of our beloved, uh, Ivan Anderson and Dominique Lee, got married yesterday. Woohoo! And our uh, beloved Daryl is actually not feeling well today. So pray for Reverend Hamilton. And this is how our team rolls. We dive in if we need to, and it's my turn to dive in today. Listen now for a word from God in scripture. I'm reading from Isaiah 43, verses 16 to 21. And I'm reading the message version. This is Eugene Peterson's translation. And he's actually saying, when you're between a rock and a hard place, this text is for you. This is what God says. The God who builds a road right through the ocean, who carves a path through pounding waves. The God who summons horses and chariots and armies. They lie down and they can't get up. They're snuffed out like so many candles. God says, forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert, be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert, the rivers in the badlands. Wild animals will say, thank you, that coyotes and the buzzards, because I provide water in the desert, rivers through the sun-baked earth, drinking water for the people I chose, the people I made especially for myself, a people custom made to praise me. This is the written word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you say a word of prayer with me, please? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. What is God saying about a new thing that God is doing? You know, in this season of, of Lent, we find ourselves often uh, reflecting on the texts that are about the Babylonian captivity, about uh, God's people being in danger, or, or about the Exodus, God's people having been enslaved, this liberating God, this free-making God, uh, Isaiah reminds us in this passage, has caused the Egyptians to get to the edge of the Red Sea on land, has taken God's people to the edge of the Red Sea on land. They've find themselves unable to part. They think they're going to drown. And God parts the seas and makes a way for them out of no way, makes a way through the sea itself so they can get to the promised land alive and well and thrive. Yet Isaiah says, even this, even this is past history. If, if you think God was doing a, a wonderful thing then, let, let me just tell you, the thing that's going to happen next is going to be better. It's going to be bolder. It's going to be even more provocative, more 
um, awe-inspiring so that all of the nations, not just you beautiful Israel, not just my people, but all of the nations will be able to know who and what I'm about. I'll not only make a road through the wilderness, I'll make rivers in the desert. I will cause the flourishing of land because it is wet with my love. And I will cause the wild animals to stand up and say thank you because I rescue them from parched thirst. I rescue the creation from thirst. And if I do that for them, I'm also, Isaiah says, going to do that for you. I don't know if you know this, but this text actually inspired the two vision statements that we've written at Middle Church since I've been on Team Middle. When I came in 2004, uh, Gordon Drott was preparing to retire. And so the consistory then worked with the congregation to write a vision statement to declare what the world would look like 10 years down the road and, and declared ourselves to be artistic, welcoming, inclusive, and bold, and that God had called us to do a bold new thing on the earth. This vision statement is ours today. We kept the phrase, a bold new thing. What, what is the bold new thing that we thought God called us to do? To dismantle oppressive systems, to, um, to, de to declare all of humankind as beautiful, no matter who they love and no matter how they look to create the beloved community, the reign of God on earth. And you can find that vision statement on our website at What Do We Believe? It is lofty as vision should be. It is ambitious as vision should be. And it's also beautiful. There's a phrase in there that our art is a prayer to the Holy Spirit. We who are still artistic, inclusive, welcoming, and bold, added to our sense of vision, the sense that we were going to not only be multiracial and multi-ethnic, but to really try to create a multiracial, multi-ethnic society. That's why we offer these annual conferences every year now for 17 years, this will be. That's why we do anti-racist trainings. That's why we work with the Middle Project to set up teach-ins and laboratories and um, salons so that you can come and learn how to grow beautiful, beloved community, not only in our congregation, but in the world. This is our calling, y'all. This is the vision God placed before us. And still, you and I might experience the obstacles to this vision as somehow daunting. We can't help it. But how long, oh Lord, can we bear to deal with COVID? With, with COVID spikes and, and uh, regressions, but still COVID blocking our lives and making us feel afraid and uh, putting a barrier between us and our community. How long, oh Lord, can we bear a, a nation in which our Asian siblings get beat down just because they're Asian? How long, oh Lord, can we bear a, a world in which black and brown bodies still don't matter as much as white ones, whether it be how to immigrate out of a war-torn land or how to just walk and live and jog and sleep while being black in America. How long, oh Lord, will it be that women still make 20% less than men for doing the same job and that courts want to tell uh, baby-bearing people how to manage their bodies? 
How long, O oh Lord, will it be that the human rights that we work so hard for as a nation around queer and trans and voting and race and gender are being rolled back because some folks think that their theology should dictate what our nation is like? These obstacles, these obstacles make us feel as though the new thing might not get here. And if it gets here, it might not get here on time. I wanna let you know that I feel that way sometimes. I feel stuck between the now and the not yet, between the promise and the hope of what God is doing and the reality of its manifestation. Do you? Between the fire, between COVID, between the particular circumstances of the collegiate church in which our monies quite frankly are not flowing like they used to, our rebuild, our ability to create a new community for ourselves, a new, a new center for ourselves, sometimes feels to me just out of reach. And I'm frustrated and sad as I imagine the languishing feeling of that. And what I wanna to say to you today is on a good day, on a good day, friends, when I'm sitting with John, who's, a, who's my, my pastor, or when I'm praying or, or talking to friends, all of us sort of exegeting the world together, I think one, one way to think about what's happening in our world is that we are in the midst of birth pangs. That the new thing that God is doing, that God is creating in and through us is inside waiting to be born, inside waiting to be pushed out. And that the contractions of birth, the pulling and stretching and a little bit of ripping and tearing actually just hurts. But as Paul says in one of his beautiful letters, I'm convinced that the suffering of this present time isn't worth anything compared to the glory, the goodness about to be revealed in us. If that metaphor works for you, the idea of something being born and, and we're in a time of contraction and stretching, then I wanna invite you to think about what needs to be born in us as a community, what needs to be born in our world, and what needs to be born in, in, in you, my friend, so that we can be a participant in God's vision for a healed and whole world. What, what needs to be born? If that metaphor works for you, like, like let's spend some weeks thinking about that on the way to Easter. And if on the other hand, and this one often inspires me the most, <laughs> the metaphor for what's happening right now is the dying of systems that need to die, right? I mean, white supremacy needs to die. Rampant capitalism in which the only value you have is how much money you have, but you can't have no money <laughs> needs to die. Our lack of care for the earth needs to die. Our lack of concern for the created order, the creatures among us, needs to die. The way that power is wielded with swords and guns needs to die. Violence needs to die. <coughs> if that metaphor works for you, then imagine what needs to die in our neighborhood, in our community, in the, in the culture, and, and even in ourselves. What needs to die so we might live? What needs to, to shrivel up 
So new ways, new coping mechanisms, new ideas, new ideologies, new philosophies, honey, new theologies. So that that can be born. I'm about to do a new thing. Can you not see it? I'm about to make rivers in the desert. I'm about to quench the thirst for justice and righteousness. I am about to do something better than I've ever done before. This is the message Isaiah has for us this morning. As we who believe in freedom continue to work for justice, as we as a community who have grown by 600 members since March of last year, whose social media accounts have grown, whose impact in the world has grown. We who believe in freedom know that our, our faithfulness has yielded beautiful product, beautiful results, beautiful impact, and yet we yearn for a place to call home. We yearn for this fire thing to be behind us. So I just want to invite you to lean into the little symbols of hope that people have found us and made us their community gives me hope. That East End Temple has opened its doors to tabernacle us until we rebuild gives me hope. That the choir sings in Zoom squares gives me hope. That the acting class and the LGBTQ connections and the children's programs and the worship and the small groups and the Bible in the middle still happen gives me hope. That you are here gives me hope. I've been resonating with the West Side Story uh, anthem. Uh, could be, who knows? It's only just out of reach, down the block, on a beach. If we can wait, something's coming. I don't know what it is, but it is gonna be great. The air is humming and something great, something great is coming. Amen. As we get ready to celebrate communion together, take a moment to get something to eat and something to drink so that you can share in this sacrament. But Isaiah promises that the Lord will feed us, that that will be part of this bold new thing that God is doing. And that feeding isn't always literal comes in the form of anti-racist trainings like the convening we're doing later this April, comes in the form of art that reminds us who we are or who we might be. It comes in the love that reminds us no matter what we are going through, that we are never alone. But sometimes it also comes in the form of literal bread, of the physical resources that we need to thrive 
of housing for people who have been unhoused for too long, of literal food in the bellies of people who need it. So as we celebrate this sacrament, may it be a foretaste of that world that God is building, that love that is plentiful and abundant and shared readily with all, that table that can always get a little bit longer so that everybody has a place at it. When Jesus gathered with his friends, he took bread and he blessed it and he broke it saying, take and eat. This is my body, broken for you. Eat this and remember me. And in the same way, when the meal was over, Jesus took the cup. And he said that this wine is my blood, a new covenant poured out for you and for all, for the forgiveness of sins, for a new world that is waiting to be born. Drink this, remember me. <coughs> Whenever we eat this bread and we drink this cup, we are reminded of the family that Jesus calls for us to create, of our place within it, and all of the love that God has given us, will give us, is giving us to sustain us on that journey. A taste of the world as it might be, as it will be, as it is becoming. Amen. Hello, middle. I'm Catherine Torpy, and I want to just tell you briefly about my involvement at middle and to invite you to be part of middle if you aren't already. I first heard about middle about 30 years ago. I was in seminary and a friend of mine who was also in seminary, he and I used to talk all the time about how we really believed that church could be a place where you really worship with energy where you really proclaim the love of God, where it's prayerful and where people get their need to love and be loved met and have great theology that doesn't ask people to check their minds at the door, does not proclaim that it's the one right way, that is a, a kind of theology that digs and questions and uh, learns and changes and grows. And that a church could be a place where we really bring that love into the social and political world as a movement for love and justice, like we are here at Middle. And really Middle has it all in my experience. It, it has everything that I need. It has all those levels of the, I'm individually nurtured in my soul. I'm intellectually stimulated and I learn so much and I'm part of something bigger than me that can face these hot mess times like Jackie calls these times we're living in. 
you know, it feels like our, we're losing a lot, like democracy and decency. And middle is a place where I'm, my forces are joined with the forces of lots of other people. And we encourage each other. We get out on the streets. We stand up for gay rights, trans rights, for anti-racism, for the equal uh, involvement of everybody in our society, standing up for the underdog like Jesus did. So be part of it with us, please. Uh, it's really easy. Go to middlechurch.org, find the join button, and please make sure you find the donate button as well. It does obviously take resources to, to keep things going uh, throughout the year and the years. So we need you. If you need us, we need you. That's what it comes down to. And we want you. If you want us, we want you. We want you to be a part of it. We want your heart, your brain, and your love of justice. Come on, join up. You're really, really welcome.
God, on this Lenten journey, we thank you for these gifts we've received to be used for thy will and thy purpose in fierce revolutionary love. Amen. to do a new thing. Isaiah reports from the mouth of God. I'm about to make rivers in the desert. I'm about to make a society in which the animals bow down to me, in which the whole creation sings my praises. Do you know, family, that this text inspires our vision statement, where we feel called by God to do a bold new thing on the earth? And here's the thing. This bold new thing, this new thing that God is about to do, that God has begun to do in us, through us, we don't have to do it by ourselves. We get to do it equipped by God, lifted up by God, inspired by God, enthused by God, enriched by God, comforted by God, and made joyful by God. Our calling is God's calling, and we are God's partners in the healing of our souls and in the healing of the world. So receive this blessing. You are the hands and the feet and the heartbeat of the holy. You go and do and be light and love. Be salt. Be joy. Be 
the resurrection. Amen.